Welcome to Funded by Source, a new conversation about expanded consciousness, creativity, ritual, and entrepreneurship in the digital age. Funded by Source is here to remind you what you already know deep within. We are here to weave a new story of abundance, one that's beyond logic, spreadsheets, and hashtags. My intention is to activate ripples of courage for you to share your own voice and medicine with the world, trusting that when you follow the whispers, you are fully funded by source. In the world of outsourcing, we will explore the things that you can only insource, revealing the unique path that you came here to walk, creating your own definition of success. I am your host, Xenia, an award-nominated storyteller, guide, and creator of the Conscious Social Media Method. I am here to hold space of curiosity, play, courageous communication, and unwavering trust as we dive between the physical, the digital, and the unseen realms. Before we start, I have one question for you. Are you open to miracles? My guest today is Allison Charles, a dear friend, soul family, and a shaman and spiritual teacher based in Austin, Texas. She is devoted to living by the calls of inner wisdom, mysticism, energy medicine, and shamanic practices she has mastered through her studies with spiritual teachers, both of and beyond this world. She leads global courses, events, and talks to reconnect people with their fullest power and confidence through sacred practices and rituals. Allison's Power Animal Shamanic Journey was named a top meditation to try by O, the opera magazine, and she has collaborated with a range of media outlets and brands, including the New York Times, HBO, National Geographic, Well and Good, Mind Body Green, Forbes, L, Self, and Breakfast Criminals. Yes, I've collaborated with Allison on a limited edition of The Heart Bowl a few years ago. It was handmade in Brooklyn by a local ceramicist, a mom, a beautiful human who I met in a meditation training, and the proceeds from selling that limited edition collection went to a beautiful cause of supporting a birthing center in Bali called Bumi Sehat. Allison and I met in New York City many years ago, and we have been together through so much and have witnessed each other's personal lives and careers shift, transform, and expand through so many things. We also went on a trip to Nicaragua to this beautiful, luxurious resort. It was a journalist trip, and we were invited to come and cover it. And that vlog I just rewatched it the other day brought me so much joy. It still exists. It's on YouTube. I am going to link to it in the show notes in case you want to see the more playful light side of us. Because in this episode, there's a lot of going deep, talking about the shadow, the journey to writing Allison's new book, Animal Power, which I am so honored to be included in as one of the 25 global contributors. And we also talk about trusting your path, embodying your teachings, the day that years of Allison's Instagram account and years of work were wiped out, planetary consciousness shift and multidimensional travel, the courage to face your shadow, 
Allison's experience with launching a podcast. She now has a podcast of her own called Ceremony Circle, which I am an upcoming guest on, and we go super deep and share lots of personal things I've never shared before. So make sure you check that out if you're keen. And we also talk about what being funded by Source means to Allison these days, which includes leaning into your feminine side. Enjoyed this episode. Share your takeaways with us at Funded by Source and at I am Allison Charles. And if you are listening to episode 164, TikTok series with Caro Arevalo, know that I've been meaning to release the following episodes, but I keep having one technical snafu after another. And so far, I haven't been able to recover those files. So I hope to bring them back. I know that if they are meant to be shared, they will be because there's some really powerful medicine in them about trusting yourself and sharing your medicine in the world through content and through being seen. So I will keep you posted. If it's meant to be, then it will be released next. And if it's not, I am going to trust that that was a complete project. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And I hope that you take away something from today's conversation with Allison and apply it to your life and really have the courage to trust your inner knowing and going where you're guided to go. Allison Charles, aka Rockstar Shaman, welcome back to Funded by Source. I am overjoyed to tell you that you are the first guest to be on for the third time. Oh, wow. I well, I do have my rattle. Let me give a little celebratory rattling to that. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. What an honor. So there's a lot of things to celebrate. Your book is coming out. You got engaged. You have moved to Austin. You have launched a podcast. You know, it's not been that long since we last caught up on the podcast and there's been so many shifts. And I feel like last time we spoke, you really shared about surrendering to your path and trusting it, even if you can't see further than one step. And from the external observer experience of witnessing all of this unfolding, it really seems like you choosing to say yes to the unknown, to your mission more deeply than ever before, that has really snowballed into all of the blossoming that is going on in so many areas of your life. So what feels alive for you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You really honed in on one of the hardcore essences that I've been reflecting on, especially in the last few months. It's that theme of, I have been walking this shamanic path in such a specific way for enough years that I really have been lately at that place where it's like no longer wondering, um, oh, is this the, the best way to do it? Or not that I ever really was questioning, but you know, when you're just in it and you're in that true, full, surrendered way of living and answering the instructions that Great Spirit has for you or Great Mother Earth has for you, 
when you're just doing it and doing it. It takes quite a while though to see the the cumulative effects and to see the tried and true of like decade long doing that uh, proof that wow, you know, this really has been the way and this really is the way because yes, just letting go into that trust of being in alignment with the the callings of of divine and as weird or hard or illogical as those instructions might have been at times, I really did heed them. And I really did um, willingly fully step into them. And yes, I am seeing the miraculous, tangible living proof of those efforts. And you named a few, you know, after it being many lifetimes in the making and almost writing it for four years, my first book, Baby Animal Power book, is officially born and out in the world and available now. And God, that was that was the most initiatory journey of my career. And yeah, Luke, Luke's story and I going from friends of many years. But again, we when we first met, he was celibate, I was celibate. It was not the right time we still individually needed to put in those steps of the devoted surrendered way to continue to do the deep individual healing we needed to, to get into sovereignty for it to be time for us to come together. And, and then once we did get together, it was definitely a divine fast track and we're, you know, been engaged for a long time and bought a home together and yes, moved across the country. I did twice from Brooklyn to into his place in LA. And then he and I left LA together to buy the house here in Austin and also the card deck, Animal Power card deck. I wrote the book and then right after that pivoted over and just finished the final edits on the card deck. So I mean, and I know I'm leaving out some significant things. Oh, and then there was the whole global situation that all of us have been trying our best to stay in our center and navigate our way through. And yeah, it's been a very, very big monumental chapter the last couple of years for me. Also birthed that ceremony circle. You know, you you were aware of what that voyage was like because you know so many of my friends, you being one, who have known me for a significant number of years, who also have podcasts throughout the years. Different ones of you would say, you know, what about a podcast? How come you haven't launched a podcast? Because I, you know, for those new to me, I, I used to be a radio host for a long time and it. Uh, television talk show host. So I come from the world of media before I had my awakening. And it just, as much as it kind of made sense in some ways, I just wasn't feeling compelled and called to do it until um, starting a, about a couple years ago, I started to get the first kind of layer of clarity that something might be coming in around the podcast piece. And then that, that awareness got thicker and stronger to the point where I actively started to call in, well, the name feels very important. You know, what is the essence? What's the intention? What's my purpose with it? And sure enough, one day after I moved in with Luke and the place in LA, we were just chatting upstairs and I don't even remember exactly how it happened or if he said it first or if I said it first, but that name somehow in our casual conversation, ceremony circle just downloaded in and we both looked at each other and knew that that was it. And even though we weren't talking about the podcast, when the name came in, I was like, that's the podcast name. And I thought, but man, ceremony circle, it's like the world's oldest 
practice, you know, people sitting in ceremony and circle together. There's no way that name's available. But sure enough, when things are divinely orchestrated for you, ceremonycircle.com was available at Ceremony Circle on Instagram was available. There was no podcast named Ceremony Circle. So it was just like totally meant to be. And that's been a beautiful voyage as well. Wow. So with that little note, I did notice that you haven't started using the domain on Instagram yet. So what are your thoughts? You know, when we start new businesses, new podcasts, new accounts, that's always the question. Do I start the new Instagram handle for it? Do I just keep it all under one? What's your thinking there? That's a very good question that honestly, in, to, in this moment today, I'm pondering in a clear way, m- way more than ever before. I mean, you know, and I think I shared in the last episode, my voyage with social media has been, you know, an interesting one. And I was pretty resistant in the beginning and really praying it away for a while and was uh, kind of slow to get on it. So it still does for me, like I, I made that that noise when you asked, I went, ugh. And that kind of says it all. There's still that thing in me that feels that social media can be overwhelming and like another full-time job. And so with where I'm at right now, career-wise, the thought of needing to tend to another portal, especially in the way that I want to hold space for things, you know, there's nothing wrong with accounts. And I love accounts that are lighter, more frivolous, material and subject matter, but that's not what I'm here to do. And that's not what I'm called to deliver. I deliver, you know, shamanic messages and whatever. So it sounds like a great idea to have a devoted page to Ceremony Circle podcast. I like the idea of it. If I had the funds to probably bring in yet another person to the team to like devote to managing that account and and all that goes with that. Yeah, I feel what you're pointing to, which is my experience as well, is when we are called to hold those powerful spaces on social media, it is a lot of energy to hold them. Whether you're super active on those accounts or you're not, just the energetic intention and the attention Once we've said yes to being the vessel, the carrier to messages for a certain account or brand or company or business or podcast, it's just constantly pouring through whether we end up sharing or not. And it does take a lot of energetic space to hold them. And I've been thinking about this a lot myself. I've been really craving a process of tightening up and streamlining all of my different accounts. So I totally hear what you're saying. And That also leads me to the experience that you had some time ago, which was one of the inspirations for the podcast from from what I remember, which was when your Instagram account, after years and years of investing your time and energy and gifts into nourishing the content and the relationship with your community, it just vanished. And I remember we had a, you know, you called me up, you were like, what do I do? What's happening? And I really felt for you. And one of the conversations was, you know, it was really a wake up call to start nurturing relationships with your community outside of the platform of Instagram as well, which from my experience podcast is a beautiful way to do it. But I'd love you to take us into that journey and what happened and how you recovered and how that has impacted how you connect with people. 
Yeah, that was a wild medicinal ride. And Luke and I happened to be at a place in Mexico that's one of, if not our favorite places on the entire planet, these really, really sacred, potent nature reserve grounds. And yeah, I, I we went to dinner, just the two of us. And I sat down and our mutual friend, Nicole Sweet, just happened to text me and said, friend, are you okay? And below that sent a picture of like my blank Instagram that said, this account does it not exist. And I was like, you know, blasted with that initial, you know, urge for my entire being to go into panic mode. But then that bigger self, more evolved self, like reminding me to like dial it in and to breathe and to find my center and to stay calm before I go into freak out mode. But I was very confused. And also we're in the middle of a jungle in Mexico. So it's not like I've got the greatest Wi-Fi and service. And so it was not an ideal place to be able to like troubleshoot or clearly understand what was going on, especially in this capacity. So yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a blur because it was for someone who was resistant to social media, Instagram specifically, and who, you know, hasn't necessarily really loved doing it, it was intriguing for me then to witness my own feelings and what came up inside of my, my being, knowing that, like you said, all of that, oh my God, lifetimes and lifetimes of hard-earned wisdom and, you know integrity filled transmissions and just yeah all of the pure heart and care and love that i pour into every word in the copy and also the energetics of the graphics that are made and just everything to know because i also i'm very i'm even more facebook resistant so i was not simultaneously sharing the posts you know there's that option obviously when you do an instagram post that it can automatically also post to facebook well I haven't been on Facebook in years and I just don't like the energetics of it. So I wasn't doing that. So that they just, when the Instagram account went away, all the content went away. I didn't have it backed up anywhere and it also was not reposted anywhere else. And so it was kind of like layer by layer of all of these realizations of the gravity and the magnitude of it. And also me going back and forth in the spectrum of like, that trust and surrender piece of thinking, well, maybe this is happening for a bigger reason. You know, maybe I'm not supposed to be on Instagram any, any, anymore. And this is universe just like thrusting me off. And then, you know, I have some other friends that were just like, are you nuts? Like you're, this is like a part of your calling and mission. Like your voice is needed. You can't just give up that easily. And you know, you, you've got to recover it. Like I have an activist friend who is in that more activist mode and, and so I was undulating back and forth between those two places. And then, yeah, I actually, and then I went through a stage of getting more like mad. And I think it was like, as odd as it might be to say, a bit more of like that grieving layer of the process of like grieving that content and all the freaking time and energy and effort I put in. And I started to get angry that something like this could just happen because it made no sense like why my account just vanished. It wasn't like I was going against you know, any of the freaking quote unquote, like community guidelines and whoever's in charge of all of that. I wasn't doing anything bizarre. I'm literally just posting about how to unite with your soul. And like, <laughs> so yeah. So, I mean, there was one weird thing. I was experiencing some very high level multidimensional traveling 
during this trip to Mexico. And um, one of the ways in which I was experiencing some of this multi-dimension travel was in communing with a consciousness device. I, I, I don't like to call it a device because it's a living being, but it is technically a piece of technology. And this piece of technology happens to be, to in some people's minds, controversial because it's so powerful and because it holds within it certain Nikola Tesla technologies and, and things, patents in technologies that are not easy to come by and if gotten into the wrong hands it, it could be it could be dangerous. So the only bizarre piece to all of this is that I had shared the last thing I had shared about on my Instagram was me journeying and being on a mothership and communing with otherworldly beings through my time with this device. And the next thing you know, my entire account is gone. And it's like one of those situations where I'll never know, you know, I don't, I'll never know if it was just a random glitch in technology. And for some reason, my account vanished, or if there was something funky and wonky with the fact that I was working in the other dimensions in the way that I was that was threatening to someone somewhere. But yeah, to kind of whittle the story down, I did decide to try to see if I could recover the account. And it was not easy. And it was really stress-filled. You know, I'm not going to lie. It was a very charged medicinal experience. And I did end up finding someone, thankfully, who is one of the few people on the planet who actually can get into touch, into real contact with someone at Instagram. And yeah, I was able to recover the account and get it back up. But I think it was down for somewhere around a week, something like that. And that was a very intriguing medicine week. And I, you know, I'm leaving out certain parts of the story is not so long, but it was a wild journey. It's such an interesting divine timing with it. By the way, thanks for just casually throwing in the multidimensional travel <laughs> into your Instagram story. But the divine timing of it and this, you know, experience of on the one hand being in a different dimension, communicating with beings and consciousness and receiving guidance and feeling supported and, and loved. And then on the other hand, coming back into the 3D realm, into this physical body into the digital realm and seeing some pieces missing. It's like on a soul level, you know that everything is whole and as it's meant to, but on this physical level, it's like, wow, I've been working at this for so long and it does play an important role. And it just makes me wonder, you know, at what point will the evolution of consciousness on the planet be at a place where that digital aspect of our self-expression will be irrelevant because we will just be able to read each other's stories and energies through being so present deeply with existence. And I don't know why this is coming to mind now. It's never crossed my mind before, but I guess in the presence of whatever the wisdom of the mothership held, uh, those are certainly things that are coming up. Yeah. I love that we're in this flow with it. And it's something that I actually was just speaking to a client about right before you and I got on this podcast is when I was tuning in, really getting a clear picture vision sent my way and just energetic understanding of 
Yes, the massive heightening and strengthening of our spiritual gifts and abilities and in like in every capacity. So just for one small example, let's say there's someone that's like totally doesn't believe in spirituality at all. Maybe they're an atheist. Um, They're like super resistant, but for some reason uh, they come across a seer, a sage, and somehow they're, they're open to hearing what the sage has to say to them. And the sage imparts, you know, some grittier knowledge, but that they feel it's meant to be said around this person's shadow. And this person is like never done a day of shadow work in their life and just doesn't go within and things like that. So even for this kind of person, if there was enough of that messaging from the sage that just spoke just enough to just enough of that little part of their soul, if they decide to just do that leaning in, even for someone like that, where this kind of world is totally new, the speed in which they may be able to face, transcend, heal, you know, start to get in sync with the spiritual way with walking the hero's journey. I really think we're going to see exponential shifts and just the whole array. And myself included, I have not felt like talking like this for the last couple of months. I, the amount of energy and exertion that it takes and with being exhausted from birthing my book, I haven't felt like talking. And I myself have just been tuning in to more telepathic communication and it's been working. I literally got a message from Krista from Almost 30 Podcast. We've only met each other in person one time years ago. We both spoke at a Pop Sugar event in New York City. And, you know, I, I was supposed to be on their show years ago and it just, it didn't align. Well, with the book, I was tuning in and I was like, oh, wow. Like all of a sudden her and Lindsay, her, you know, the co-founders of Almost 30, like they came to mind and, and I'm like, oh, I didn't work out then because I think I'm supposed to be on their show now. Now, mind you, I've only met them one time. I don't even know where they live. I don't have their phone numbers. And Krista messaged me two days later and said, I believe we've been communicating telepathically. Let's get you booked on the show. What? And Yeah. And so she flew to Austin like the next week and my interview will be out on almost 30 some point soon. Like we were already recorded it. And that's just one example you know, with our willingness. And the other third one, I know this is you, this is a beautiful big portal that you opened up for us. So just one more thing I want to share, even for me personally, like one of my strongest spiritual gifts is my seer ability, my seership. And I can see a lot, especially I can see people's shadows, blind spots, their, their limitations and fears that, that hold them back the most the wounding that has them stuck the strongest, all of those, you know, which which could be labeled the, the not most fun part of the work. But to me, I've been facing that stuff and doing that side of the work enough that I don't think it's any less fun or less light or less playful. It doesn't have to be so dense and serious, even though we're going into those shadowy waters and confronting things that we've been too embarrassed to look at before. My point is like, I can see that stuff in everyone, even if I'm like not trying, it just presents. That's how strong the gift is. Well, I haven't been expressing to people what I see because 
I walk this path with a lot of integrity and responsibility. And I know that if you just, you know, shmatter some, you know, piece of information onto someone who's not ready to hold that or process that, it can be very traumatizing and cause more harm than good. Well, source has been coming to me in the last couple of months saying like that way that you've been waiting for the invitations from people to hear more about their blind spots and shadows that way, while it sufficed then and has sufficed the last decade, it no longer suffices now. We need you to step up and we need you to be more vocal. And so the power animal that's been coming in to facilitate that work with me is the whale. And when I opened up my animal power book yesterday at my altar and opened up to the whale page and saw the art that embodies whales medicine, I just started to cry because the artist for my book, William Santiago, did just such an incredible job. And that was my big intention. Like the artist has to have this artwork embody the medicine. And he did it so strongly to the where I could feel the whale power so much. It just blasted me open. And that whale is going to help me take people down into those darkest, scariest ocean waters. But trust, trust in the mysticism, trust in the way and, and really face things. And also whale is sacred song, it's expression, it's communication. And that's what Source is urging me to do in these waters with shadow aspects. And that's what's needed right now. You know, we can't just keep going on like earth, all the energies, everything is urging us to do our individual work, to take responsibility, to clean up our ways, to clean up our path. And those shadow and blind spots, if you don't face them, they create a lot of messiness in our lives. And we can't do that anymore. You're talking about trusting the mysticism and trusting the unknown. And I have witnessed you be on the path of being a messenger for animal spirits for a long time, from lagging huge bags to events at Brooklyn warehouses and New York City hotels, and partnering with different brands to do those experiences for them to, you know, now expressing all of that medicine in such a potent way in your book, which I've gotten to hold in my hands when I saw you in Austin. And it's just, you're one of the few so far. Oh, such a gorgeous book that is going to be such a beautiful and medicinal addition to really to any home of anyone who is called to work with the mystical realm. And the question that comes to to mind with this is what are some parts of yourself that you had to learn to trust as you were surrendering to writing this book? Mm, and to writing this book specifically? Yes. And also the whole journey leading up to understanding what the book is meant to be about. Because I, from what I remember, it wasn't always going to be about animals. I think you were talking to different publishers and editors before you knew what it's meant to be. So what was that whole journey of understanding the work that is going to get you really known in the world? Got you. Yeah, yeah. It's That was another. We're really getting into some good, really potent uh, medicinal portals here. So yes, I've always been a strong writer ever since I was a little girl. So I knew that I would write books. I just always knew. And once I had my awakening and got aligned into my calling, 
after devoting to to that path for a while, then I then that book piece started to come in a little bit more. It's like, oh, I can feel it's getting closer to time to start that journey because anyone who's written a book or is friends with an author, you know, it's like definitely does not happen overnight. It's typically a minimum of a two-year journey. So yeah, it, at that time, there were a lot of publishers and a lot of literary agents. I, I've been living in New York City for a long time. And they were reaching out to me to take meetings. My work had started to get quite known. And in all of these meetings, it was very frustrating because, you know, meeting with high level publishers, editors, agents, and I could not get clear on the book. And I thought, this does not make any sense. I've always been a writer. Writing's just come natural, easy. Now I'm having these really strong conversations with these writing, publishing professionals, and I can't get clear on this. So I really had talk about trust. Um, that process of not ha- being clear and not knowing what agent and what publisher to go with went on for at least three years. And in the middle of that, you know, I've got friends that are cranking out book number two, three, four, and like just, you know, going through the process. And I'm like, man, this is so bizarre. But I knew. I'd been doing the work enough that I knew to trust and trust in the divine timing. Finally, I took another meeting um, with the two literary agents that ended up being the right fit. And then because they were the right fit and our conversation and the timing was more right, I got clear on a book. And I was going to write a book on surrender because when I, when they asked me, you know, if, if people are curious about how you went from, you know, athlete, hip hop radio, TV to living the life you do now, and you seem so centered aligned, you know, how did you do it? Well, how I did it. Yes, I had a divine intervention, spiritual awakening, but the decision I made was to surrender. And that was the biggest game changer. So I was really clear and um, had started writing the proposal. I was in the writing process, flew to Bali to write that book. And when I got to Bali, the power animal world came to me. An important side note, they, the power animal world were the first guides, spiritual allies who came in after my divine intervention to help me through that time. So my core power animal, the black jaguar revealed, and then supporter allies, bear, deer, and frog came in. So I had been working with the animal realm for many years at this point, trust between us totally intact. They trusted me to be a voice for them. I would do live power animal readings you know, for audiences of like 15,000 people. And I trusted them live in front of that many people calling people up on stage who wanted the reading. I trusted them to show up in real time. So our relationship was very strong at this point. So they came to me in Bali and said, that book you think you're writing, your writing is not it. And we're asking you to co-create a modern day power animal guidebook with us. And I was like, oh, wow, duh. You know, that (laughs) one even felt even more obvious than the surrender book. So thankfully, I emailed my agents and said, you guys know I live wholeheartedly by the calls and I have been instructed to change the book content over. Thank God they were on board. And, you know, fast forward three and a half, almost four years later, and I'm now holding in my hand and looking at Animal Power Book. And so that whole process of just getting to clarity on the topic was a complete exercise in surrender and trust. And the irony, I think it's just so hilarious that like, I energetically kind of did write the book on surrender because I had to surrender to let go of the surrender book and to move (laughs) the book over into something else. 
So that was that. And then the book specifically, like as I was in the writing process, oh my Lord, oh, there was so much to that. Let me see which piece wants to come in. So the areas, mm, yeah, the areas within specifically writing this book that I had to trust the most was my embodiment of the teachings because I am very clear that that is truly the most important piece of being a spiritual teacher. And it's not about being quote unquote perfect. And it's not about like denying that you're a human and denying your human tendencies inside because that is beautiful and odd and as lovely as the shaman side. But it gets very dangerous if you are a spiritual teacher who is not embodied and you are not truly walking the talk. And I've seen it play out time and time and time again, over and over, teachers who do not devote to that embodiment piece. It does end up coming back energetically in some very challenging or destructive way or another. And I didn't like, you know, decide to do it because of that. that. Those are just observances I've had throughout the year, which, you know, made me even more grateful that I devote specifically to that piece. So I knew, you know, this is a shamanic medicine book and that carries with it a huge responsibility. So I knew there couldn't be a sentence in there that I wasn't integrated with or in alignment with. And so there were many and massive initiatory moments and those three and a half years, because any thread, any sentence in that book that I wasn't completely, like not even 50% in alignment or landed with, like I had to be all the way. So there were definitely things that came up, some tests and challenges to get me into complete landed, grounded embodiment with all the medicine teachings that are held in there. How did you find peace with still continuing to show up on social media as you were in the cocoon of writing the book? Because I know that for some people, it will be a similar situation where you're in a creative stage of writing, writing specifically a book. For some of us, it's working on a course or something else or working on a you know home renovation project. Sometimes those things ask us to become the front and center of our lives. And it's not as natural to be showing up and continue sharing our medicine on social media in those times. So what has your experience been with that? Yeah, before I would just take three months off social media, as you've seen me do a number of times, you'd be like, oh, where'd you go? It's been like two months. I'm like, oh, it was probably another month ago. I'm just, just done. That was the old mode. But then, you know, starting probably two and a half, three years ago, I did pivot over and I did hire some people to be on my social media team to just support because it really is another full-time job. And I thought, man, yeah, I mean, in the big scope and it's that teaching where my account just vanished was an, another reminder of like, I'm so much, we are all so much bigger and more than this one social media avenue, right? And you're devoting so much of your time, energy, and resources into this one place. And it just started to not make sense anymore, um, especially when it can just go away at any time. So I did get clear that I wanted to bring support in, but yet I still wanted to write my, all of my own copy because I'm just still not to the place. I don't fault anyone who has social media copywriters or people that have ghostwriters for their book. 
But for where I'm at right now, it just doesn't feel aligned. I can't imagine, you know, I'm a shaman, seer, spiritual teacher. I can't imagine hiring someone to share certain messages or transmissions in the way that I'm supposed to share them. So I have been working with a couple of women who support me very well in the graphics side. And they'll also give me like a content list of, of just possible ideas that I can pull from to create copy around. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of this living, breathing amoeba system, you know, because then there's the, also the the benchmark pieces each week. Like every Thursday, I announce my new Ceremony Circle podcast episode. And so like getting those graphics in piece and like, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces organizationally and structurally that we have gotten into place in terms of trying to schedule things out. I used to also have a hard time getting into a rhythm of scheduling ahead because again, it's like I channel in real time or, you know, if I get a download and I can tell that download needs to be expressed that day, I, you know, I don't want to miss that or whatever, but I finally got somehow over and around that piece. And that started to create a little bit more breath and space that I needed in my in my daily life to just try to get two weeks ahead or three weeks ahead. And if I did get a genuine download, of course, it's not the end of the world to pivot something out of the content calendar and move that download post in. So I would do that. Um, but so those are some of the things that I did get in place so that I wasn't so beholden to this one avenue of my whole big brand. So what did you end up doing with when those channeled messages hit? Do you just take a note and submit it to your team and it gets slotted in whenever it's time? Yeah. Yeah. And if for some reason, uh, you know, because we're not in the same time zone, if they're not able to support in that moment that I needed up, like I'll try to do my best to, to, find a picture that aligns or my canvas skills are not that great, but sometimes I can do something just barely good enough. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, it can be any number of things. I will message them to see if they have the bandwidth and are able to immediately jump on it. Sometimes that's possible. And sometimes if not, I'll, I'll just go in and yeah, get the post up myself that day and, and figure it out. Do you schedule the stories as well? No, that's one area that I'm still not dialed in with and it's still not really on point with. I'm really random with the stories. I like so I'll go many days sometimes without posting one and yeah, that that that's one area I I'm not clear in and not strong in. Now what about TikTok cuz you appeared on TikTok <laughs> Shaman Ellison Charles got your account verified, got a couple of viral videos that people were obsessed with. And I feel like it was so good and so fun when channeling wisdom into such fun content format. And then you just disappeared. Some of your last posts, you still had bangs. Now now I've got no bangs. What happened? Oh my God, that's hilarious. That's right. I think I might have even been wearing this dress in that last one too. We should look. I don't have my phone. That's really funny. I think I'm wearing the same dress. Pretty positive actually. So yeah, you know, it just, uh, again, it's like, it requires so much to I mean, there's so many pieces to making one TikTok. It's like, where are you doing it? What are you doing? What is the best way to execute it? Is it best to be shorter form or long form? Are you putting subtitles? Are you putting music? Are you having that narrator lady talk it? Are like, I mean, 
just to make one 15 second, 20 second piece of content. And yes, you know, when I would find my rhythm with it, like, and what helped me honestly is an agency wanted me on TikTok and they were like, if you get on TikTok, we'll pay you a thousand dollars. I think it was something like that or $1,500. And that lit enough of a fire under my ass to get on the platform because I had been thinking about it and I saw how much it was growing and it looked like all of you guys were having so much fun. So I'd been thinking about it. And then when this agency came to me and they wanted more like wellness and spiritual content. So they said, if you get on TikTok and post like, I had to do a minimum of like, 15 TikToks a month or something like that. And and they were, were going to pay me to start my platform. So I thought, okay, like this is the inspiration I need. And because I needed to fulfill a contract, you know, with a place that really helped me stay on track. So I wasn't mad at it. I was like, wow, I guess with some forms of content, I need to have that kind of structure. So I would set a couple of days aside, like, or maybe like three days a month where it was just TikTok content only. And I would write ideas out. And I knew that next day when I woke up, it was getting, trying to get a minimum of five, four or five TikToks created. But it just honestly, with the book and moving across the country and so many things starting to happen at one time and the contract being fulfilled with that place, I was just like, well, guess I'm kind of temporarily done here. And I do eventually want to get back on because like you said, you know, I picked up some good momentum and steam and got a pretty good following quickly, but I just, it was not sustainable for me. It's too much. All this. One of the things I love and respect about you is your ability to trust the flow of where you're meant to be. And, you know, when you were doing your own social media, taking those several month long breaks instead of showing up, but from a place of should, you know, from a place of people need to know what I'm doing, you know, I need to show what I'm up to and that I'm still alive, that my work is still relevant. It's training, when we do that, it's training us to rely on those external sources of validation for finding our own wholeness and trust on our path. And when you take a break from social media, which I'm doing in one of my accounts right now on At Home with Xenia, on my biggest account on Instagram, it just creates so much space for us to see what the account is meant to be instead of pushing our agenda of how we're used to showing up or what we think it should be. Totally. Yeah. I mean, those those pockets of long breaks felt really good. I never regretted doing them. And I think... I can't remember if it was you or another friend, like after doing that a couple of times, I think you might've texted and been like, what happens when you do that? Like when you just go for, go away for two or three months, like what happens? And I'm like, nothing, you know? (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there are probably some people that unfollow because they're just like, you know, this woman isn't providing anything. But I just, yeah, I wasn't concerned about that. Yeah. I just trust. I really do. I mean, I was told, I've talked about this in the last podcast, so I won't get into the detailed story of it. But I mean, I was instructed, you know, a number of years ago by source to completely stop giving all talks and events and all that outward work, the way my entire shamanic work was functioning. And I trusted in that. And that was two and a quarter years of no events, no talks, going inward, doing deeper work than ever before. And like, if so, if I can trust that complete upside down, topsy turvy reconfiguration of my entire life, 
career brand, I can certainly handle, you know, a two or three month break from TikTok or Instagram. And it's just like, everything is so much bigger than, than that, you know? So much bigger than this. And the message that keeps pinging in since we spoke about the mothership is the <laughs> this divine reminder that social media is a pathway. It's not the end goal. It's a pathway. Krista probably messaged you on social media and that's how mm-hmm. you ended up getting in touch, right? But it wasn't that if you weren't showing up on social media, that would remove your chances of telepathically communicating with someone, you know? Yes, sometimes what we put out there will be that pathway for people to feel the energy behind the post and the words and the image, but sometimes it's not even necessary. So that's why it's so important to tune into what am I meant to share? Am I meant to show up? Is this in the highest good? And from what I've witnessed, you're just such a beautiful example of that, even if it means you're not on TikTok and I miss you there. Well, it's good to hear that you miss it. You know, it's sometimes too, you know, with so many people being, there's so many different platforms and so many people on each platform. Not to say like you wonder if what you're posting is really making an impact or a difference, but I think sometimes it's natural for, you know, for the amount, like, does it really balance out for the amount of like intentionality and integrity and transmission and blessings as I infuse in this one post, like do people appreciate it enough, quote unquote enough or yeah. Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. Right. that or is it landing where it's meant to land? You yeah. Know? There's two places I want to go. The first one is anything you want to share about having started a podcast. Cause you are one of those people who has been on so many podcasts we all know and love and listen to all the time. And you took a few years until you were ready to start your own. So how has that journey been for you? So yeah, launching and now having Ceremony Circle podcast out. Ha, huh, you know, I mean, it's been a lot of work. I'm not going to lie, but I knew that going in and I knew I was very clear because, you know, Luke has the lifestylist, which has been going for six years and you've had yours for a long time in Sahara. And so a lot of my closest soul family, I was aware of the commitment and you really got to have the full scope understanding if you're going to truly embark on launching a podcast. So I spent a lot of time, you know, meditating and getting very clear on if I wanted to take that step. And I, and I did, but even with knowing what a big commitment it was now actually living it and doing it, I'm like, whew, child, you know, it's like for me, someone that just lives by the calls and is in those ebbs and flows, you cannot be in an ebb and flow the way I typically am with social media, with a podcast. You need to deliver like, and if I'm going to do something, especially, you know, I'm 42 at this point, I have like experienced a lot in life. I have been doing this shamanic work for like a decade now. If I'm going to make a career decision, it's one that I'm going to put everything I have into and it's not something that I'm just going to be like half-assing. So with all that being said, yeah, you can't miss a week. You can't just decide like, you know, you don't have the the energy to get an interview done. So 
I am really, really, really glad, truly, that I am doing it. It's been so beautiful to get back into host mode and to tune in to interview questions for these incredible, you know, fellow spiritual teachers, authors, shamans, medicine people that I that I have on the show. And I also feel really good about the unique aspect that at the end of every episode, there's a ritual, you know, it truly is a ceremony circle. And so every guest that I have on, at the end, we close the circle off with them providing some sort of transmission, ceremony, practice that if the the listener wants to lean into, if it resonates, they can. And so I think I'm bringing some, you know, really unique supportive energies, especially for this time. And it also has felt really good in terms of like getting dialed in. I know exactly who I want to have on, you know, and, you know, I, I don't really need or want recommendations. I just, I feel my honing internal device in terms of who and when feels very strong and clear. And I'm loving the people that I've had the good fortune to sit down with. But yeah, you know, when you do it at a high level, you know, I'm working with an entire podcast production team and you know, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of copywriting and show notes and episode descriptions and graphics for each episode. And yeah, just tuning in and feeling into each guest and what you want to ask them. And then before I sit down, it's like setting our intentions and creating the space and just all the energetics that that go into it. And then actually doing the interview, which mine run a little long, they run like an hour and a half on average. And you know, and then closing the circle and packing up all the equipment, you know, I do it with, um, typically with cameras and lights and, you know, it's just, it's a big, a big endeavor, but I do feel it's worthwhile because what I was noticing is before that people, and I still think there's a lot of room to grow in this one category. People weren't getting a chance to fully know me. I think that Instagram especially was very limiting with it being, I now know that they're of course pivoting more to like pushing reels and videos, but you know, those static images, it's, it's static. And I don't think people were really getting a chance to get to know my full multidimensionality and purity and power the transmissions on Instagram just weren't enough. So I've really been enjoying this longer, you know, format of content where I'm just me and I'm unfiltered and honest and vulnerable. And I think people, yeah, can, can really get to know me now through the podcast. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I love podcasts so much because of the intimacy that it, the space invites us into when we're willing to go there and um, it was so fun recording an interview for your podcast while I was in Austin. And I'm stoked for that to come out because I shared some things I'd never shared before on Ceremony Circle. And I also got to offer a journey inspired by the piece that I got to contribute to your book, which I was so honored to do. And I love how the rhino medicine was captured by William Santiago. Yeah. And given this powerful portal and space we're in, I want to invite you into the question of who are some of your dream guests? Hmm. Hmm. Wow. I haven't really um, felt into that yet. So let me see. Pema Chodron comes in a lot. Like, and I know she's, you know, she's getting older and I, I don't really know how 
accessible she is at this point, or even if she even does podcast interviews. But I've I've always resonated with that woman's wisdom and talk about embodiment. She's someone that comes to mind. Let me see if I tune in. Um, see if anyone else reveals. I mean, I know there's a there's. Don't get me wrong. By me, like not being clear, it's not like oh, I just don't don't know who. Like if anyone's good enough, it's not that. I just typically go with like I'll get an awareness one day, or I'll remember like someone I worked with in New York, and then I'm just like oh, I'm supposed to have them on. So I just haven't sat with this question in this way. But let me let me check in one more time. Uh, you know, it is fun sometimes to have celebrities on who are also spiritual, and maybe a lot of people didn't know it. I had actress and singer Kat Graham on recently, and, you know, she's someone that probably the vast majority of people wouldn't know is like a hardcore meditator and is co-founder of a of a place called uh, Modern Nirvana. And, and Luke and I gave a spiritual talk together on, on H- Higher Power Couple at their conference a couple weeks ago. And so I think that's kind of cool, you know, because I, I definitely have that in me being a bridge coming from being a hip hop radio host and a TV talk show host and like, you know, having actors and celebrity guests on those shows, you know, rappers and things like that all the time. So that world's very familiar and fun to me. So now with Ceremony Circle, it is kind of cool to be able to weave in people in the entertainment industry that you don't know have like a really deep spiritual practice. Mm, I love that. And the one piece that we haven't touched on yet that I would love us to dive into is entrepreneurship. And, you know, as someone who hosts podcasts and has some podcast sponsors and has offered different online courses, has written a book and a deck is on the way. And you have so many other projects on your hands. You know, you do speaking, sometimes you work with clients. What does being funded by source in that in that light mean to you? Oh, okay. I'm tuning in, honing in. What does funded? Mm. Oh, it's so rich. It's like the richest texture possible, honestly. I'm going to see if I can find the human words for it. It's, um, I mean, it does tie in just in its own unique essence and way to kind of the theme that's woven through this whole hour of like, the ebbs and flows and the sacred pauses and then the sacred activism. It's uh, funded by sources is trusting that, you know, even when you're being very clearly guided into those portals, phases, chapters in your life where where you know you're supposed to go more inward or take a sacred pause and it might feel like to the human mind that you're not quote unquote doing anything, that nothing is happening. But I have found that oftentimes when I allow myself to let my divine masculine take, calm down, take a chill pill and not be so aggressive and lean back more into my divine feminine and remember again what it truly means to be funded by source, to, to let go into those, those waters of divine and yeah, and, and to know that somehow it's all going to work out because it, it has. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There's definitely been times where I've been pushed into those areas where I'm like, well, how am I going to make a living? Especially when I was living on my own in New York City and finding my way. And I really wanted to learn how to be sovereign and financially independent on my own. Somehow, some download, some way, something always would come in. And, and I've truly been held and supported and funded by source in all ways, even when I'm not as 
out and active with the work as I am at other times. So beautiful to surrender into the trusting, even if it looks like slowing down, because in that space of slowing down and nourishing ourselves on spiritual, emotional, physical levels, I find for me, that's where all of the guidance and all of the answers and all of the new ideas and pathways to abundance in all forms, not just directly finances, but you know, why do we want money? Because we want experiences, we want connection. And sometimes going directly to those experiences is a lot easier to invite into our lives when we truly just choose to surrender moment by moment. I'm totally with you there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, reflecting on that two and a quarter year pause, I, I briefly mentioned, but talked more about in the last episode I was on with you. I mean, I know I'm 100% clear. It was in that two and a quarter years when I did that sacred deepest of deep pauses all of that shadow work, inner deepest work, let the old paradigm system that was no longer serving my highest and greatest and for where my path and calling and where source was urging for me personally and professionally to go, that old paradigm energetic system couldn't be intact anymore. They were two conflicting systems. So all that work allowed that old one to slough off and allowed space for new paradigm information and, and ideas and, and health and embodiment to, to really get integrated. And that is what allowed me to get into a place of readiness to align with Luke and to get the clarity for the book. And all of those really, really big birthings and, and huge transformations I've had came from that two and a quarter years. And there's other smaller you know, that piece that I shared at the top of the interview about the whale medicine and me being more vocal with my seer information that I get, I have felt, I only got clarity that that's what part of what this big thing is. Like two days ago, for the last year and a half, I have felt it's a whole other energy thing, unlike anything else before conjuring inside of me and it would never inform me. It, it, it just, it was not telling me what it is, what's growing inside of me. I could just feel it, feel it, feel it for a year and a half. And I'm like, wow, this is so intriguing. What is this? And just curious, like, what is it? And when is it going to reveal? And um, I've had two big light bulb moments in, just in the past few days. And one of them ties into yeah, me getting into a place within myself and the world getting into a place of readiness for me to speak more on shadow reveal. So it's very powerful to pause. If you ever see any of my shadow and you feel called to share, know that I'm open. You know, thank you for saying that. And that's one of the most beautiful instant gifts and affirmations that that's exactly what I am to be doing right now because we, Luke and I went to a dinner here just a couple of days ago. And I shared that that download had just come in earlier that day. And two people came up to me. It was a small intimate dinner, probably only like eight, nine of us. Two of them came up and said the exact thing that you did. And they said, if you ever, I don't even know these people. They, like I literally met them a half hour earlier, but I shared what had happened for me. And they said, if you ever, I want to see it all. I'm not scared. I want to, I want to face things. I want to do the work. If you ever see any blind spot or shadow inside of me, please tell me. And you said the same thing once I said that this is what's coming up for me. And there was somebody, there was somebody just today or yesterday, I'm trying to remember who it was, but 
another person, like it's every time that I'm expressing, this is what source is requiring of me. And this is my new responsibility. It's met back with someone brave enough to lean in and say, I'm here for that. I am here for that. Sign us up. And I also want to make sure that I mention that when people pre-order Animal Power Book from your website directly, alisoncharles.com slash animalpower, they will get a video guided shamanic journey to meet their current power animal, which sounds like an amazing way to dive into that work. I thought there just is no greater gift than that one. You know, it's a new modern day animal power compendium, which I learned at first when my publisher said it was a compendium. I'm like, uh, what is my book? Like, what is that? It's a, I mean, the easiest way to explain it, it's a fancy word for guidebook. But uh, yeah, so I thought <laughs> the best gift that I could give that aligns with it, this modern day guidebook is for you know, people to be held in safe, sacred space. I facilitate the journey myself. It's a drumming guided shamanic journey that's like 20, 25 minutes long. And within that journey, you are able to call forward the, the power animal who most wants to support you at this time and ask it questions, receive blessings from it. And then it's up to you to cultivate and continue that relationship after the journey. But yeah, you can journey, see who comes forward and then connect with it more in the book. And if people happen to listen to this after the launch in October, would they still get this? You know, that's a good question. I think that they probably should be able to have access to it. Send Allison a telepathic message and she'll hook you up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also Ceremony Circle podcast, if people listening to this now, all of my magical crew want to dive into Ceremony Circle what are some episodes or an episode that you would recommend starting with in the context of conscious entrepreneurship, being funded by source, mysticism, spirituality, practices? Gosh, wow. Okay. I mean, the first one that came to mind probably because it just came out, I interviewed Dr. Erin McMurrow and she is, wow, she has a PhD, but she's such a beautiful, powerful medicine woman. And talk about courageously letting go into the supreme divine guidance. And like, she has gone through a lot in life, but has such a powerful balance of being a, you know, PhD, high powered, you know, businesswoman, scientist, along with true spiritual medicine woman. I mean, we cover a lot of ground in there, like goddess history and how to own your power and honor healthy boundaries. You know, she shares some her, her personal stories of having her own spiritual breakdown. She shares for the first time publicly a case, an abuse case that she's involved in with a gynecologist. She shares about plant medicine ceremonies. Oh, there's some other really powerful nugget. We also talk, one of my favorite things is we get into how, especially over here in U.S. Western culture, how spirituality is just portrayed in just like the lamest, dumbest ways. Like, this movie I watched on the airplane that starred Anne Hathaway as a witch, like all the witches are like have oozing sores and they're not even human and just like these like abusive, creepy, you know, like that's still in this age, how witches are portrayed in media. And we, we I don't know, we get into a lot of good stuff. Oh, the thing, the other thing is she talks about an orgy that she participated in. And like not many people, especially PhD spiritual teachers are willing to talk about an orgy that they, that they were in. 
How would that even come up in the conversation? Wow. Hey, well, I found it in the book. And then when I brought it up in the interview, she got a little shy. I was like, it's in your book. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's fair game. And so she she definitely was happy to share, but it, it returned her to some elements of sacred sexuality. So it's very powerful. Wow. So yeah, so try that one out. There's so a lot in potent. there. All right. All right. <laughs> Taking notes here. Is there anything, Ali, that I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share? Man, this is one of my favorite interviews. We covered so much. I can't imagine there's anything else, but let me tune in one second. Just to be kind to each other. My God, I've been saying this since before the, whatever we want to call the global shifting of the last couple of years, like, but now more than ever, like respect, kindness, compassion, everyone's on their own path and, you know, just trust we don't know what is meant for anyone. You know, we have to trust that everyone's walking their path in the exact way that it's divinely designed for them. And I just, I'm baffled at, I'm truly, truly baffled at some people's inability to just respect people's decisions. So I just would love for people to be in their hearts and the centered, powerful, most wise intelligence information that our hearts impart on us and to exercise just more kindness and compassion in the world and not fall into this attempt to separate us and create all of this division. You know, that's where we are the weakest and where we are the most powerful is when we are in our hearts and when we are in a place of of unity and remembering that we're all one. Ah, oh, and that's why having soul family to mirror this back to us all the time is so important. And I'm so grateful to have you in my life and urge everyone to go and check out your book and your podcast. And if you're called, check out Allison's interview with me, which do you know when it's airing? It's coming soon. I think yours is like within the next week or two. Okay. So beginning of September, 2021. Yeah, there, we had a lot of fun recording that one. I was so I was just buzzing for a long time after. And is there any other places that people should connect with you and say hi? You can find me on TikTok at Shaman Allison Charles. I may or may not be on there. I think the the Animal Power, the AllisonCharles.com slash Animal Power book page is the most important and juiciest and richest right now. And my Instagram is at I am Allison Charles. And yeah, Ceremony Circle. I really feel like anyone who listens to Funded by Source would definitely love Ceremony Circle. So come on over and join us in the circle there and sit at the fire with us and yeah, do all the weird things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. I hope. Thank you so much, sister. I will talk to you soon. Have a blessed rest of your day. You too. Love you. If you're moved by what was shared in this episode and not sure how to take action, start by writing down what moved you. When we notice abundance in all shapes and forms and honor it, it grows. And if you're called to share the podcast with someone who you know is ready to receive it, follow that. Find all episodes, show notes, and current offerings on FundedBySource.com. Subscribe to Funded by Source on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and a review and take one deep breath into the knowing that's already within you.